with their songs. We sang them, but we must recognize that they prophesied over us, and we need to receive that prophetic word that God is so pleased with you. We are talking about family, and God is saying, God the Father is saying, I am pleased with you. I recognize you. I see what I created you to be, and he is proud. And all we have to do as a, as a family of God is to receive that from him. For all you that are uh, watching us by live stream, again, I welcome you, but I also say to you that this is the greatest place in the world with the greatest people. We are family. We are a family that walks in a kingdom perfectness. In other words, we're maturing in the Word of God. That's what church is about. Church is about living a kingdom walk and understanding the Word of God and living it God's way. And that's who we are at Valley Community Church. And I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about vision. I'm excited about what God is doing with us as we have come out of this demonic attack on the world and literally a demonic attack on the church. And we are coming out rising up greater than we've ever been before at Valley Community Church. And I so enjoy you. I've had the privilege past couple of weeks of celebrating with you in many different facets, and it's been fun. It's just been fun. I'm a better person because I hang out with you. And so thank you for being who you are. Uh, as your pastor, I'm proud of you too. And I am endeavoring to teach you the Word of God, to equip you. Literally, the word equip means to set a broken bone. It means to bring a healing in your life. And, and God promised us breakthroughs, and we are moving into those realms of breakthrough, especially in our family. The Lord has given me a, another aspect of teaching on family and relationship. And so I was going to conclude that today. We're still talking about marriage, but we're talking about relationship with one another but we're going to go another four weeks on relationship because there is so much. That's so important to God. His relationship with you, your relationship with him, our relationship with one another, and our relationships at home. So I have a passion to see this breakthrough that God has called us to. But before we dive into the Word of God today, I want to remind you we touched on it last week, and this week we want to express to you that we are going to receive an extra offering, uh, and we're just going to ask you to put it uh, in the box uh, that is in the aisles, and uh, write on the, on the envelope, Afghanistan, and, or special offering if you can't spell Afghanistan, because <laughs> I had to look it up again, and... Um, to write that out on a, a letter, or if you don't have that, if you write a check out, just write Afghanistan on the memo of the check. Uh, if it's cash, just wait till you go out into the foyer, get an envelope, and write that. Put it in the box before you leave. Uh, we have boots on the ground. 
I can't tell you where, who, um, but I can tell you that we have lost five pastors that were murdered because of their faith, and uh, they're going around to all the places where churches uh, were, and they are killing the leadership. And how would you like to be a woman who lost at the airport uh, 18 members of your family? And then have a decision to make because she has a U.S. passport, but she's got other family there that she wants to help protect, and she won't leave without her family, so she's staying in Afghanistan. And that's what's going on, and that's why we at Valley, uh, this week I will make uh, a trip and drop off uh, the monies so that the monies can get there as soon as possible. Uh, for those who are going in uh, and rescuing people, and they're going in and rescuing people because they know people and they're, they're ex-military, all the above, and able to go in and pull out people because, um, and I'm not coming against anything politically, but because our own government will allow them to leave. And so we're going to do that, and we're going to support that, and we're going to do everything we can as a church. So today, if you would do that, in Jesus' name, bless you as you give, uh, as you normally do in that area. Now, <clears throat> I am really moving into a realm of teaching that is going to be um, absolutely revolutional to you. It'll also be revelational. But I want you to understand is that I'm, I'm speaking, I believe, from the throne room of God. And my prayers all week have been, Father, help my weakness so that I could bring the word to those who need to hear a specific word for their home, for their family. And as I was doing that, I was going over uh, some of my journaling of years ago, and in one of my journalings, I had um, kind of a joke, and I want to read this to you, but I want you to know my heart in bringing this to you. When I, I say some very strong things today, and I want you to, to hear, and especially as you're listening to me in your living room, I want you to recognize God is speaking to you and forgive my weakness and inability to express all that God feels regarding relationship. Because I hear his heart in the word of God, but God is so big. And his love is so huge. It basically is explainable but unexplainable because it's so huge. And you need to recognize that, that there's more than what I'm saying, but I want you to hear this. So this is called Better Than Einstein. At the conclusion of the sermon, the worshipers filed out of the sanctuary to greet the minister. 
As one of them left, he shook the minister's hand, thanked him for the sermon and said, thanks for the message, Reverend. You know, you must be smarter than Einstein. Beaming with pride, the minister said, why, thank you, brother. As the week went by, the minister began to think about the man's compliment. The more he thought, the more he became baffled as to why anyone would deem him smarter than Einstein. So he decided to ask the man the following Sunday. And the next Sunday, he asked the parishioner if he remembered the previous Sunday's comment about the sermon. And the parishioner replied that he did. And the minister asked, exactly what did you mean that I must be smarter than Einstein? <laughs> and the man replied, well, Reverend, they say that Einstein was so smart that only 10 people in the entire world could understand him. But Reverend, no one can understand you. <laughs> I hope that's not today. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to continue talking about the covenant marriage. And in verse 22, it begins with a scripture that a lot of people struggle with, but we'll explain that today. <clears throat> Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, what he says. <clears throat> Excuse me. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular as individuals so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. <clears throat> in a marriage covenant, you have to be willing to be the Redeemer. In every area of your life, you are the one that has to be willing to be the redeemer. That's what covenant is all about. A marriage covenant also mirrors the covenant we have with God. Covenant means to cut. Jesus was cut. He was sacrificed, and he died to have this perfect relationship with you and me. We were bought back. We now have this perfect relationship with the Lord through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you are here and you're watching us, if you are not born again, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Jesus did the work, 
and it will be a perfect relationship set up for you to learn how to walk in that kingdom love and that kingdom reality of relationship. If marriage is your life, you must be willing to die, die to your will, die to your choice, and die to your past. Very important. Die to your past. But we talked about a contract marriage or a contract spirit. That piece of paper, we protect three rights. Last week, we talked about that we are not to protect our rights. We are to serve. As we are talking, let's continue on the marriage covenant and what this means. And now we're going to conclude in the marriage part. There are three responsibilities we must pick up and carry in a marriage covenant. Three responsibilities that we are to pick up. We are to release the protection. In other words, the defensiveness and being offended and walking in that area. We are to release that and pick up responsibilities. And we're going to show you three responsibilities. We're going to touch on the first because we covered that last week. But I want to remind you about that. The first is love. Love means I receive the responsibility to love you according to the standard of Christ, not according to how you are to me, how you respond to me. I love the way Christ loved. Christ died for our sins. And to never justify any action or words that fall below that standard of Christ's love. You're getting quiet again. So in the beginning of your marriage, you are eating the crop of your spouse's experiences, whether they are bad or good, spiritual or non-spiritual. When you are first married, it is a spiritual covenant, but you still have past memories and hurts and everything from your past, whether they are bad or good. So in other words, you didn't, in your relationship, plant the seeds, what Pastor Dan was talking about, So what your marriage consists of is the programming of the past. The programming of the past. And now I want to say is a lot of your past was good. A lot of your past may have been spiritual. But you know and I know that not all your past was. And so we need to recognize that when we do join together as one with someone We are bringing in past experiences. So here's where we left off last week. If you don't deprogram and reprogram, leaving the authority of your mother and father and cleave, set your standard in your home, which is a spiritual covenant, then what will happen, you you will struggle. So if we don't deprogram and reprogram God's purpose, 
his call and his word in your relationship, it won't work. Young people today, recognize this. Marriage was created by God and it's perfect. And our responsibility is to understand that perfectness. Realize the anointing. Realize everything about what a marriage is. So you're still eating the crop of your past if you don't reprogram God's way. People can be married 50 years and still live from their past. So all of us must begin to plant good seed in our relationship to leave your mother and father. When you hear that, I'm not leaving my mother and father. Matter of fact, I live in their basement. Well, that's okay. <laughs> you leave the authority. You leave the authority. In other words, you still, we're going to learn today, you pick up responsibility, you still honor, but you leave the authority and you cleave to your spouse and hear the voice of God, what is God's purpose for you today? So in 5, 10, 20 years, you will be eating your own crop. When you love unconditionally, it will be a good crop. So after I said that, I want you to understand, sooner or later, we can't blame everybody else for what we're doing. Because now we're in that relationship, and it's our responsibility to build the marriage the way it should be. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. So every morning, I wake up to an honoring wife, and she wakes up to a loving husband, and it's almost heaven on earth. But it has taken time to get there. We still make mistakes, but we make mistakes trying to do the purposes of God. Amen. See, have you ever done something you thought was right, but it wasn't? but you did it with a right attitude because you were trying to do the right thing? That's what I'm talking about. I'm, the difference between righteousness and sin is totally complete. It's, it's night and day. So we are planting good seed, and now we're eating the crop of the seed that we planted. At first, you look at it and you say, it ain't working. Why? Because... What was Pastor Dan's explanation? Perfect job, Pastor Dan. As you plant the seed, and in a day it doesn't it seem like it's working. And what we try to do is we keep digging it back up. We keep digging up our, our past, what it is, what we need, our hurt. Don't do this, don't do this, don't say that. And we get into that place where we're not allowing the seed to grow and to become full crop. Well, here's the second responsibility. So first is love. The second responsibility is honor. I assume the responsibility to honor you and to do everything possible 
to help you achieve your highest potential and God's perfect will for your life. That's what you say to your spouse. I assume that responsibility. Now, I'm going to make a strong statement, as I warned you before, that this world's mentality will not like. God designed a man, he wired a man to reach his full potential with a woman helping him. With a woman helping him. He designed a man to do that. God designed a woman to reach her full potential with a man helping her. See, this relates to those that are single also. You must understand is that in friendship, there's a difference between a marriage relationship and relationship with brothers and sisters or with others. In that relationship, that your heart is to help friendship. Everybody says, well, my friend likes everything that I do, does everything I do. That's why we're friends. Well, that's not really friendship. That's just getting along. Real friends are ones that are able to bring correction. Real friends are ones that are able to be able to to help you along in who you are. God created Adam and Eve. God said, Adam, you're going to be all you can be because I gave you Eve. And Eve, you're going to be all you can be because I gave you Adam. That's covenant. So don't get all spiritual with me and say, oh, no, it's God. that brings. Well, Of course it's God. But he's the one that created that plan about relationships, about family. So church family, God created marriage perfect because we are a perfect gift to one another. <clears throat> the problem with a church today is we don't see one another as a perfect gift for each other. Did you know that in marriage, in your home, you're a perfect gift for your spouse? But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we're a perfect gift for one another. And if we begin to come in to serve God and to serve one another, then we will see the full potential of Valley Community Church and God's purpose for us, staying in unity. God created family. We are perfect for one another. VFAM, you are perfect for one another. So enjoy it. Go ahead, rub each other the wrong way sometimes. I could never reach my full potential without tearing. We as val family, valley community, will never reach our full potential without each other. You that are single, divorced, you have friends, you will never reach your full potential until you, until you open yourself up to serve one another and to be able to understand that you are gifted and important in the body of Christ, but also gifted and important in your relationships. And if you have people that just want you as a friend because all they can get from you, you help them get out of that. And if they don't, 
walk away and find those that will work with you. But too many people stay with the wrong friends, friends that will abuse you, use you, and you need to just walk away from it. Don't get angry with them. You live kingdom lifestyle. You walk in that joy of the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> they don't, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting what God made you. See, when you reject me <clears throat> and you don't receive me as your pastor, you're rejecting what God did. That's not my problem. Amen. Okay, let's go on. If you're single and wondering if you're called to be a celibate, let me show you a test. <laughs> and this test will help you to find out whether you're to be a celibate or not. Go to the desert and look at all the tall cactuses that look like they have arms, okay? And if you don't see any difference in the cactus and the opposite sex, then you're called to celibacy. Some of you will get it a little bit later. You know, there, there was a time frame in the history of the church, of history that I lived in the church, where it was like people prophesying people were called to be celibate because God was going to use them. You know, I just said, no, that's between God and man. That's between them and God. That's something personal. For some people to walk around and tell them, you're not supposed to get married, you're not, that's just a crock. And if you're looking for a spouse, and which is a good thing, but look for a spouse that will have the same heart of serving one another. But if you're looking for a spouse, you haven't found that, don't you listen to that person that's trying to help you and say, well, maybe you're called to be a celibate. Go to the desert and check it out. I'm just trying to, in a quick way, to remove all that lie from the pit of hell that just caused you so much hurt and so much pain, caused you to react certain ways in relationships because you really didn't understand who you are and who God is and how important you are to the body of Christ and to the world. You are important to the world. So take the test if you need to. If men would love women with God's standard, they would need a woman's movement. The spirit of the feminist movement is not of God because it's produced abortion, and selfishness out of something that is really important because they didn't understand kingdom covenant that men mistreated women. But <clears throat> for years, men treated women horribly because they didn't come to God's standards. Men, godly men love people. And we have to understand that. I know I'm in some areas, but I want you to recognize if you're going to succeed in your godly kingdom reality and especially family relationships, 
you got to back away from the things that are not of God. You got to back away from a spirit that will produce that will produce sin. I was sharing with someone this morning, Holy Spirit shared with me something that I'm going to be putting in the future, uh, and I'm just going to say it to you. You know, a lot of people for years would say, oh, you know, the problem's in the church is there's a Jezebel spirit, a rebellion. Well, you know, there's, there's rebellion, but the word's being taught. God's doing great things. The problem in the church today is the Miriam spirit. And the Miriam spirit is saying, I'm looking at someone else and I'm wanting their gift. I'm wanting what they are. How come, God, you won't? Remember, Miriam, is, uh, uh, he was, they were angry with, with Moses, you know, and telling God, how come you're letting Moses do this? How about me? I'm Miriam. And what did God do? Put leprosy on Miriam. Because it's a, a disease to bring people into a place of always wanting something for themselves, bringing selfishness. And what God is wanting us to understand in life, in every area, you're going to face ding-dongs out there. You're going to face wicked people out there. But bottom line, what are we doing? How are we living our lives? How are we in the kingdom of God wanting God to bless us, God to help our children, God to help our grandchildren that he's prophesied over us today by the worship team? And how can we do that when we're walking around and say, but it's for me? It's not for me. Covenant is I cut a covenant with you, giving you my life. Given you my life. I don't need a position. I need to walk in what God gave me, what God purposed for me. We walk in our marriages with what God purposed in us, not what other people do. And your families. Amen. If your family is living in a curse, I'm talking about extended family. Break that curse in your home by restoring it and bringing the word of God in your home and stand strong in who you are in Jesus' name. And when we get to that place, now the Miriam spirit is, ladies, right there, you probably took it. Oh, you're talking about women, huh? No, I'm talking about everybody. Satan just used Miriam with that spirit. And we have to understand that is with men and women looking for positions and all the different things. The reason why you're with people or, or running around with your boss is because you want to get a promotion. The Bible says in Psalm 75 that promotion comes from God. You do it God's way and you will get to where God has planned for you. You see, guys, men, one day God's going to ask us, what did you do with this precious gift I gave you? The precious gift God gave me is not preaching or leadership. My precious gift is Terry. And you need to understand that, men. 
ladies, you need to understand that. Because we have a tendency in marriage teaching, you know, guys got to love, women got to honor, guys don't have to submit, women have to submit, all the different stupid doctrines that people teach. I want you to understand it's all for everybody. It's kingdom. The most precious gift God gave Adam was Eve. So this is my answer to God regarding Terry. You called her in her mother's womb. And I became, okay, understand what I'm saying here. I became Jesus' best friend by being born again. So Jesus, you and I do everything to help Terry fulfill her call by loving her and honoring her. Men, I will never reach my full potential until my highest goal is attained where Terry reaches her highest potential. That's the attitude and the spirit of covenant. I choose to love her and honor her no matter what. Church family, I choose to love you no matter what and honor you no matter what as your pastor. Okay, guys, take a deep breath because I'm going to talk to women in a moment. Did you know the greatest wound a man can receive is dishonor? Women, you make your husband by the words you speak of him, especially in public. You know, matter of fact, let me just tell you, men, you know this, you understand this, and understand the spirit of when I say this. Men are so strong, tall and strong, and they can do wonderful things and build skyscrapers and all the above, and they, they lift heavy things, and they can just do so much with their physical stature. But, you, you know, men are like pets. Give them a pat on the head and a little treat once in a while and say, you a good boy. <laughs> and you got him wrapped. Right, men? Yeah, yeah. The power of the anointing of a woman. I love it. Matter of fact, when my wife does that, pats me on the head, my foot starts doing this. <laughs> my kids over there going, yuck. First Peter chapter three, verse five and six. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Oh, my Lord. You reading that scripture? Whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with terror. Some would say, Lord, that's ridiculous. What this is literally talking about is a part of your fulfillment 
is honor and creating an atmosphere of that what your husband says is really important and you really listen to it. Tendency is to listen to what he says. He probably says it 500 times and you say, there it goes again. But listen to what he says. A lot of ladies say today, I I could have honored Abraham because you know the story of Abraham and what he did and all the above, but not my ding-dong over here. Really? Abraham tells Sarah twice, let's not tell anyone you're my wife when we go into the city because they may kill me because you're so beautiful. Tell them you're my sister. Okay, honey, I love you. So the king sees her. She's Abraham's sister. Takes her into his harem and is preparing her so that he could marry and go to bed with her. But remember the story, God intervenes. God didn't intervene because Abraham said, oh, God, help my wife. No, he's saying, I'm afraid. They're going to kill me. Go ahead, honey, whatever. Abraham was going to let his wife sleep with another man to save his own skin. Could you honor that man? I don't think so. Some people, some women say, well, I could honor Joe at work because he is so kind and thoughtful and so sensitive. And every time I go get a drink of water, he's there and he serves me. Really? A cup of water? And a smile? Matter of fact, I grew up, if you don't acknowledge people you walk by and you don't acknowledge people that that you see in the store by a smile or a hello, you know, you just walk away from it. See, because of emotional hurt, people don't want to listen to what I just said. And there might be someone that have shut off their TV already because they didn't want to hear this, because they're living in hurt of their past. Covenant is that you cut and you die to self, and you die to these things, so that God can renew you and bring you out of your pain and to bring you into a covenant relationship with someone else. Any gentle, kind man you know, a woman turned him into that. Because men, we're just gruff. God created us to be protectors. He created us to you know, run down the street, knock our friends over and laugh. <laughs> and they're on the ground, blood coming out of their nose, and they're laughing too. That's men. But you have created a home. You've created a life. You've created this because of, of who you are, that this man has become kind and gentle because you also understand covenant and that you love and honor him too. You know, men don't come kind from the factory. They don't. (laughs) Yeah, ladies, go ahead, say amen. 
Some of you are kind of like tongue-tied. I won't say a word here. It takes a godly woman and a man seeking God to become kind. So you can praise your husband into success or you can nag him into failure. Women will never understand what honor is to a man. And men will never truly understand what communication of love is to a woman. Family? So by faith, fulfill your spouse's greatest need, love and honor. And one more thing. Here's the third thing in covenant relationship, covenant marriage. Submission. All these responsibilities are for both men and women. Love, honor, and submission. So what is submission? What does that really mean? Master-slave? Does that mean one person's in control? No. In kingdom covenant, that we're both in control, we're both just as important, and we both are part of a plan of God. In submission, I assume the responsibility, notice the word responsibility, to serve you by first submitting my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You don't understand submission until you learn how to submit to Jesus Christ. There are a lot of Christian marriages, they struggle in this area because they don't even submit to Christ. They're not in the Word of God. They don't submit to God. And so in that reality, that's what's happening. By surrendering to His Word, the standard for my life and my marriage and family is creating an atmosphere of submission. But notice, I read from verse 22 of Ephesians 5. And then we need to recognize that the whole chapter is talking about the same thing. But Ephesians 5.21 says this, submitting one to another in the fear of God. So submission is for both. Before it ever says, why submit to your husbands, it says to submit to each other. Each person in marriage has to have an attitude of submission. The first is submit to the Lord and the word of God. But I will say to you, Less than one-third of Christians use the Bible to settle issues in their marriage. You said you did in marriages. The Bible says I'm to love you and lay down my life for you, and that would settle any issue. Because <laughs> I can't argue if I'm dead. I can't disagree with you if I'm dead. Like we said last week, so if we're both dead, we're in unity. What is God saying? Because you're submitting to God first, God's purpose, God's mission. I'm to submit to you as I am to submit to the Lord, the Bible says. So the Bible is our standard, not two independent wills fighting. Jesus is the head of your life family, and your marriage. So let's wind down, wind down now, and let's just really focus 
because I know some of the strong statements has brought emotion up in our lives. And part of this freedom in our family is that you make a decision to not shut me out because of what your spouse have done or what your friend has done, but to say, what is God saying to me to have a breakthrough? Everyone with me on that? Watching me on the screen, are you with me on that? I, I, I'm really being very particular. That's why I even joked at the beginning with my inability of being able to explain things, but I think you're hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. Men, I can't tell you enough if you will pick up your responsibility. Men, it will change you. And ladies, if you will pick up your responsibility, it will change you. Love, honor, and submit. Submission is coming under a mission and a purpose coming in agreement together for that mission. So of your life, your thoughts, your words are not flowing towards that mission, then you change. Don't look at your spouse to change, you change, because this is what you agreed upon. That's the only way you come in agreement, because Terry and I are different. And our agreement in covenant comes by the promises of the word of God and the call and the purposes of God. Again, we must love, honor, and submit to each other. Then we will experience the result of covenant, or we would say, according to the word, covenant blessings. Covenant blessings. I want to say one more thing, but I would just like us to stand, please. And if you're watching by screen, if you would just stand where you're at, too. Because I'm going to proclaim something over you. And I am, through the authority of the Word of God and the authority of God's, God's principles and kingdom reality as your pastor, I'm going to knock the snot out of the enemy here. Amen. Excuse me. I'm from Michigan. And uh, we talk like that a lot. So, when you give up your rights... And when you pick up your responsibilities, you bring that spirit of covenant into your marriage and your home and your relationships. Remember, you cannot respond according to others, but you respond to God according to who you are. And what God will do, because you've untied his hands by submitting to kingdom covenant, he can come in and do the miraculous. If you walk in offense, you bind God up from doing the miraculous. Now, let me just explain just a little bit more. In the reality of the authority over the enemy, you already have that. 
But if he knows all your spouse has to do is this or say this to get you angry and spout off and all that, then what happens is you bind yourself up from taking authority over the enemy. God still protects you. I'll say it this way personally. God still protects me even though sometimes I'm just a plain idiot. Amen. I'm being real. God protects me. But if I want the fulfillment of everything that God's promised me, promised my wife, is that I begin to untie the hands of God and I begin to walk in love, honor, and submission, then what will happen? This is the prophetic word added to what we receive during worship. The spirit of covenant will triumph over the spirit of contract. You will succeed in your marriage, in your relationships, and we as a church will succeed in reaching our community and the world for Jesus Christ because we love, honor, and come under the mission he's called Valley Community Church to. I promise you, church family, I'm going to be white on rice in making sure the governance of Valley Community Church is kingdom reality. I know our pastor for our Spanish church is right there too. Amen. And Pastor Angel and Lourdes are, are doing amazing and their staff and their assistants. And I want to tell you, we are moving forward. All you watching us, come visit us if you're not part of us. And I want to tell you, we are moving forward. God's doing great things tonight. Tonight, family night, we're going to gather together the youth, the college, the children, the adults in here. I'm starting a new series tonight that will last through the fall. It's going to be powerful in every area, fun, laughter, some food. I tell you, it's great. Afghanistan, even if you can't spell it, give an offering. God bless you. Have a great day.